Alrighty, if you are a young one and you have somewhere to attend, you may be dismissed. And the rest of you, I'm going to start with a couple scriptures and then you may be seated. My first scripture is, see if it pops up on here, <laughs> Hosea 6.3. It says, oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of the rains in early spring. In the Amplified Version, it says, so let us know and become personally acquainted with him. Let us press on to know and understand fully the greatness of the Lord, to honor, heed, and deeply cherish him. And then Hosea 6.6 6 says, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. Praise the Lord. Let's just pray for the service for a moment. Lord, I pray that you would have your way. I pray that every word that is spoken tonight would be according to your will. And that what we, what we discuss tonight, that it would be buried in our hearts. That it would go far past these walls. That it would go into our homes, our work life. And it would just, you could be a part of this meeting tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. You may be seated. So I have a little testimony, kind of-ish. This message is, a little, is pretty personal to me, and I hope you're comfortable with that. You know, I feel like God took us very, Jesus took us very personally when he died on the cross, and so we should take him and his word personally too. So I hope you're comfortable with that tonight. Um, I think it was three years ago, Brother Walter walked up to me, He's looking at me, he's like, oh my gosh, what is she going to say? <laughs> it's okay. It just only altered my life forever, no big deal. <laughs> um, Brother Walter walked up to me and he asked me this question. He asked me, how often do you pray? That's a loaded question, okay? <laughs> and I just want to paint you a picture. He probably didn't know this. He was no, in no way trying, he was trying to like encourage me and share this awesome word with me about, I don't remember that part, but it's okay. <laughs> he was trying to encourage me. And at the time I was really struggling. I was struggling with addiction. I was in a bad relationship. My mental health was extremely poor. And my relationship with God was based solely on the days I was at church which I would miss often. And I had always had a vision of who I wanted to be. It just seemed like I couldn't make that person be who I was in the present. And so when he asked me this question, I'm like, I have to say something that doesn't make me look bad, okay? <laughs> and so after pondering and panicking for a moment, I told him, not enough. And that's my title for tonight. Um... I had been on fire for God, but I had allowed, you know, things to take residence in my mind. I had doubt and fear and anger in my mind. And, you know, as a saint, I still struggle with my mental health, just like I know many of us do. That's part of being human. But, you know, as a side note, if I like to imagine our mental health is like a house, okay? And I've talked to people about this before. When the devil is coming against you with, anger and resentment and anxiety and fear and depression, you have to resist. It like, imagine someone's trying to come into your home, you resist them with everything. That's what the Bible calls us to do. He says to resist the devil. And 
I'm just telling you now, if you're in a place where you are resisting and you are fighting and you're getting tired, keep fighting. Because I have been in a place where I stopped fighting and I let those things become a part of my mind. And I'm going to tell you, you're going you're gonna to wake up one day and you're going to be like, I want this out. And it's going to be so much harder than if you had just kept pushing, if you had just kept on fighting. But no matter where you at, where you're at, God can have his way. Amen. I know because he did it for me. I always wanted to get to a place where I prayed enough, whatever that is. <laughs> I often, you know, would think about these people. I'm like, obviously, people like Uncle Stacy pray three hours every single night. That's how they're so anointed, obviously. I thought that so often, and I, it was like a whip to my back. And I think often we think these things, especially if we're in a time of waiting, we think, well, if I had just prayed harder, if I had prayed more, if I had read my Bible more, if I had fasted longer, you know, and first off, when you think things like that, you're putting God's ability to move in your life in your own hands. And I, I know I've said this before, but I just think it's so important to remember, especially for people when they have that mentality, just like whip to the back, I should have done better, I should have tried harder. God doesn't want that. In Joel 2.13, it says, don't tear your clothing in grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate. He is slow to angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. What this scripture is saying is, hey, you know, you may have made mistakes, but don't focus on that. Don't take the whip to the back. Don't only be thinking about what you should have done. Tear your hearts be convicted. Say, I'm, I'm choosing right now to be better. I'm choosing right now to make the right decision from here on out. He wants us to change. He doesn't want us to hate ourselves. He loves us as a creation. He doesn't want us to hate the creation, okay? He wants us to improve. You can't pray hard enough and force God to show up. You can promote an atmosphere of praise for him to, d to dwell in, but the thought process that I should have done better is putting the eyes on you instead of God. We need to be looking up at him. And I think back to that conversation I had with Brother Walter often. And I've been thinking about it in the last couple of weeks. So when I was asked to speak, I was like, I think I know. I think I know what I'm going to talk about. And I was pondering to myself. I was thinking, if I was asked that question again right now, what would I say? If someone walked up to me and said, how much do you pray? I, that's a hard question to answer because I feel like often we, I, everybody has room for improvement. At every stage, it doesn't matter how much you're praying, how much you're reading your Bible, we always should be striving to be better. And I was thinking about that, and a spirit just came over me, and you know what? I think I know the answer. And it's not enough. Not because the amount that I'm praying is wrong, but because it's never enough. It's nev I could never have enough of Jesus. I could never have enough of that communion, of that Holy Ghost. And in fact, in fact, the more I pray, it seems like the more I desire him. You just, 
I just can't explain it. When you, the more you pray, the more you just decide that you're going to take a stand, that you're going to read your Bible, the more you really do, you truly desire it. Because the part of you that isn't fleshly is like, I need that. Or the part that is fleshly is like, I need that. (laughs) And I just want to encourage someone tonight, if you are having a hard time or struggling in your prayer life or your reading life, just bow your head and try. Because one day it's going to click. One day you're just going to get it. You're going to understand. And it's the Holy Ghost is going to fall upon you. And not only that, I remember when I first started feeling the Holy Ghost move in my home. And you're like, holy cow, I can have this experience in my private life. I can have this experience in my home every day, two times a day if I wanted it, three times a day like Daniel did. Hallelujah. So, with that being said, Hosea 11.8, it says, Oh, how can I give you up, Israel? How could I let you go? How can I destroy you like Edma or demolish you like Zeboyim? <laughs> my heart is torn within me and my compassion overflows. Hosea 12.6 says, So now come back to your God. Act with love and justice and always depend on him. If, you're, if you were like me, if you had received the Holy Ghost or you had that revelation and you strayed away, come back. Because in this setting of scripture, right here, God, his heart is breaking over Israel and Judah after years of them being turned from him, years of them worshiping idols. He tried punishing him and it didn't work. And he's, he's crying out to them and he's saying, my heart is breaking because I wish for you to come and, co- and commune with me. I wish that you would meet me here. After years of betrayal, he still wants you back. He still desires you. He still has compassion for you. And to him, what we have to offer, it's not enough either. He just keeps wanting it. He just keeps wanting more of our attention. First Thessalonians 5.16, no, 17 and 18 says, Pray without ceasing. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus. He wants you to be invested in your prayer life because he wants you to know him. I was dwelling, sometimes at work I'll put my headphones in when I'm like doing stuff where people aren't around. Probably listen to music. (laughs) Godly music. Um... (laughs) And I was kind of thinking, like, thinking on this message when I was asked to speak about it, and I have this patient come up to me. He's, um, he has dementia, and I, I work at a locked facility, and he, he was an alcoholic his whole lifetime. And he's trying to convince me to, like, break him out of the facility. <laughs> he's trying to, co- like, convince me to let him out as if I'm, like, one on the inside. He's like, come on, i got to get out of here. And it was so funny. He goes, listen, I don't need a full cup. Just a big one. <laughs> and it pricked my heart because it made me, that he's like talking about alcohol, but it pricked my heart and it made me think of the scripture, my cup runneth over. And the reason it, the reason it did, because I was thinking, we do that to God sometimes and we're like, listen, I want a full cup. Nope, backwards. I want a big cup, but I don't want a full one. Because when your cup runneth over, people notice. When your cup runneth over, people say, 
How could you afford to pay those bills? You were sick a lot. How did you get, you got in that car accident. How did you survive? How is your family members, how are they following you to truth? How are they following you to salvation? People notice when your cup is runneth over. That's why God desires that for us. Because he wants the people around you to know that you have something that they don't have. And I think sometimes we look at God and it's like, not the full cup, just enough so I can feel good in church. And then just one that's half full so I can go home and I don't have to change. It doesn't have to affect my personal life. If it's overflowing, it'll affect my work life and they don't understand my lifestyle. If it's overflowing, it'll affect my family. They might not like me anymore. It might affect my friends or my spouse and I'm, I'm just too comfortable. Listen, I spent too long in my life. I, I received the Holy Ghost when I was 12 years old. I knew that the Holy Ghost had power. When I was 10 years old, I was at that camp Uncle Stacy remembers the Santa Missy. When a man that had been, been blind for 10 years received his sight, I was there. I don't remember anything about that camp except that moment. <laughs> and, you know, I remember when my grandma was so sick, but she was restored to enough health to come to that altar and receive the Holy Ghost so that she could make it to heaven. I, I knew that God had power, okay? But for so long... Too long, I chose to, I chose to not read my Bible and to not pray. Not because I didn't believe in it, but because I believed so strongly that I knew that as soon as I prayed and as soon as I read my Bible, my life would start changing and I was too comfortable. I was willing to accept depression and anxiety because I was comfortable in the situation that I was in. I just got to tell someone, grabbing a hold of Jesus will be the best decision you ever made. Having blessings upon blessings, doors opening that you thought would never open. Your family members coming to salvation. And I was just thinking about that word, not enough. And I was thinking, you know what? Blessing us was not even enough for God. Spending communion with us. Manifesting himself in flesh robing himself in flesh so that he could come down and die on a cross and spend eternity with us. I mean, that wasn't even enough for him. He went above. He went beyond. We were going to spend eternity with him, and he still was like, you know what? This life that is but a vapor, I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost so that you can meet with me every single day. You don't have to wait until heaven anymore. You don't have to wait because the veil is torn. You can interact with me every single day. You can experience the Holy Ghost. You can experience the miracles. Hallelujah. So let's utilize that tool today. Let's utilize the Holy Ghost and let it guide us. Amen.
Jesus. Hmm. I want to look at Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, as well as, there it is, <laughs> the third chapter, 1 and 2. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Rise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Verse chapter 3, verse 1. The word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Rise, go to Nineveh, that great city, preach unto it, preaching that I bid thee. Apparently, God didn't change his mind. Said, Go, boy. You know, I don't believe there is a more extreme Bible book or Bible character in the Bible. If you go to look at this setting of Scripture, this book of Jonah, the word great is used multiple times. Exceedingly. I mean, Jonah was really mad. The wind was really bad. The whale gobbled him up. I mean, everything about the book of Jonah is extreme. It's mind-boggling to me. If there's a book in the Bible that's hard to believe, it's Jonah. I mean, come on now. He was swallowed by a whale. And he lived inside, somehow, I don't know, maybe he didn't live. Maybe God raised him up before he puked him out. I don't know. But I know that he was in there and seemingly, for sure, possibly, I guess I should say, there was probably no air in there. Bible said he had guts or fish. Well, Brother Perdue said he had fish guts in his pocket. But the Bible said he had seaweed wrapped around his head. He was a mess. <laughs> but it, 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 it blows my mind because it's such a picture of the pastor. God knows what extremes to bring a man of God to to get him where he wants him. Now, I don't know what the Herrings went through to get to Palmer. I know Sister Herring said, I'll never go to Palmer. <laughs> Whew, 30 years later, she's still here. But, uh, but I know that they've gone through a lot of extremes since they've been here. Much extremes. Praise God. And I want to submit to you something tonight that just, even though we see Jonah and the entire book, it, it just, it, nothing really paints out too pretty for the life of Jonah. He doesn't seem like he's got a lot said about him that's good. And I think he wrote his own book, probably. Sound about right, Brother Wes? <laughs> but he didn't say much good about himself. He said a lot of negative things. And one would be led to believe that this backslidden preacher, there wasn't really much good about him. But 
I think if we look a little deeper and can go a little deeper, we'll realize today that Jonah was a man of extreme faith. You don't see it at surface value, but we can understand that when the rubber met the road and he finally said, okay, God, stuff began to change in a very radical fashion. Just like the extremeness of, 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 of him not wanting to and the wind and the fish and all the tempest and the men saying, hey, we're just chucking him over. And the whale was there to gobble him up. I mean, it doesn't say, though, that the man didn't have faith. Sometimes we look at the man of God and we see a little failure or a little fault. Maybe he's short with you or something. And we begin to think within ourselves, well, you've lost credibility in my mind. I'm telling you something. Jonah didn't lose any credibility with God. God just kept working on Jonah to get him right where he wanted him. And all through Jonah's this story, you can see God. He's just right there. He's right there. Aren't you thankful that God got this man that we have over us in this church, this family, and he might have taken extreme measures to make it happen, but I'm glad we've got him and we've had him for 30 years, and we are blessed. Good night, we are blessed. So I think today that don't just look on the outside of the man of God and say, well, but just realize today there's something down inside of him. You see, the Bible says in 20 and 6 of Proverbs that most men declare everyone their own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Or in other words, they're humbly hidden. Or in other words, they're not willing to just spout off all the good about themselves. And so don't think for a minute. I, I'm telling you, when, when troubles rise in my house, when sickness comes in my house, that's who I call. I call Sister Herring. We call Pastor Herring. The other night, we ended up going to the, to the ER, and, uh, we, uh, and, and, and it just uh, didn't pan out so well. Uh, they sent us away with a half a Flintstone vitamin, brother. <laughs> go on your way. Well, they misdiagnosed, and into, I ended up coming back three days later. And, and um, I'm just getting bits and pieces now. The other day I saw another doctor. She read the report, and, and apparently what I had should have killed me. Aren't you thankful <laughs> for a man of God, a woman of God? That lady's powerful back there. I'm thankful for them. Thankful for them. Highs and lows. Yeah, they have them. Man of God has them. I mean, you can't find anyone more on a roller coaster than Jonah in the Bible. I mean, he's a he's a New Testament, he's an Old Testament Peter. Extreme faith, but but do you notice that when Jonah hit Nineveh, 
It took him one day to do a three-day journey. And the results, the proof is in the pudding, baby. <laughs> he might have been an up-and-down preacher, but God still used him. Oh, come on now. That gives me hope today because I'm not always stably, mentally healthy. My God, but God is still on my side. He's still got a measure of faith that I'm operating in. Hmm. I'm glad to have a man of God, though he goes up and down sometimes. Sister Herring, don't give up on him. He's a good man, and he's a great pastor. Now, he, Jonah had some extreme results. <laughs> you talk about results, and arguably, I'm up in... Argue with me later if you want to. But I think he had the greatest revival in the Bible. 120,000 people in a day, and they all said, uh, uh, we're falling on our faces. They're crying out. They're wailing before Jonah's God when he comes into town. You can't tell me it was just somebody said, oh, he was puked up by a fish, so... You can't tell me that. He had God on him. <laughs> I said he had something on him that when they saw him, they felt his anointing. They felt the authority that was emanating through him. He's a man of God, and they fell on their faces before him, crying, wailing, weeping before God. 120,000. That is results, baby. That's results. That's extreme results. He had resurrection power. How can I say, why would I say that? Because Jesus said it. There's that scripture, Luke. Luke, uh, whatever it is, J.P. Got a scripture in Luke? No scripture in Luke. Okay, I'll read it right here then. Luke 11 and 29 said, this is an evil generation. They seek after a sign. There shall no sign be given it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was a sign unto the Ninevites, so shall the Son of Man be to this generation. And he goes on to talk about the queen of the south. And then in verse 32, he says, the men of Nineveh shall rise up in the judgment with this generation, and shall condemn it. You hear what he's saying right there? He's saying that Jonah's preaching lasted. I'm thankful to see all of us in here. We are risen from the dead, brother and sister. We've, we've got new life in us. And Jonah, his preaching was lasting because they will stand up in judgment to condemn that generation. Praise God. Resurrection power. Because why? Because Jesus was the, the, the fulfillment. Jonah was the shadow, the type. And he had, 
you know, remember Jesus sent his disciples out and said, go out, heal the sick. And he, this is a precursor to what they, the real deal when they got the Holy Ghost. Well, this is a precursor. Jonah was walking in resurrection power. That's what made the Ninevites repent. It was the authority behind the man. Oh, aren't you glad you have a preacher that has authority? I'm telling you, raise the dead. Oh, hallelujah. You're not going to convince Sister Amber Aldridge that God doesn't have resurrection power over her pastor and even, yes, through our lives. We've got it because Jesus died. Jonah died. He went down to the belly of hell. <laughs> yes, he did. It's a type. And, and we have been given and our pastor has been given that same thing. Praise the Lord. What happened to my notes? Praise God. Well, hallelujah. Coming to a crescendo here. God is good to us. My, my, my. Aren't you glad to have a pastor? That is dedicated. We have 30 years. I mean, you don't hear of that very much. You don't hear about it in, you know, religious ranks anywhere. As a matter of fact, less in religious ranks. Because it's just, they move them here and there and there and there. But 30 years is a long time. And they're here for us. They're here for us. Sister Herring, thank you. God is so good to us, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God is good, God is good, God is good. Well, all right. Give it over to you, Brother Trail. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Sister Herring, you don't want to embarrass you. We are going. Not in a way of embarrassing you. All the ladies, if you would stand for a moment. Will all you ladies come up here with Sister Hannah? Up to the front up here, please. <laughs> 